0: Hello everybody, it is Nick Bradley here. Welcome to this week's episode of Scale Up. So today I am going to delve back into my past world of being in private equity. And I'm going to talk about the disciplines that happen in private equity that can be applied to any business. And I'm going to do this through two lenses. I'm going to talk about the practicalities of that. So what are the actual things that private equity does when they acquire a company, they scale a company, and then of course they exit. And I'm going to talk about the mindset of private equity. And they're both equally important, but the mindset is particularly interesting because If you have the ambition to sell your business one day and likely that's going to be to a financial buyer, you know, some form of entity that is financially backed of which private equity is the biggest grouping of that, then you need to know how the game is played. Okay. So just to be transparent from the outset, I'm also going to tell you kind of what my role was and wasn't in private equity and the time I spent there so you know exactly where I'm coming from. Okay, so lots of interesting perspectives today. I hope you get a lot out of this episode. So to kick that off, what did I do in private equity? Well, you know, I started working in and around private equity in the sort of early 2000s when I was involved in the exit of EMAP, which is East Midlands Allied Press, to a consortium of buyers, actually. It was broken up into different pieces. Some parts of the business went to private equity, some went to private companies. Uh, It was an interesting time. I learned a lot through the process and I learned a lot in particularly the preparation to exit, like what you need to do to increase the valuation of a company. And that deal went for in the billions around 2007, 2008. In fact, it was one of the last big deals that happened before the big market crash in 2008. So, if i think about that experience and what happened after that i ended up going in and working for different investor backed companies doing turnarounds doing scale ups and sometimes i was consulting you know going in there and helping these uh, financial buyers with areas of due diligence and and kind of how they could see you know what a business could become how it could scale other times i was in the c suite in the c suite leadership put in as the ceo or the interim ceo And effectively responsible for building value in that entity again all the way through to an exit and you have to understand that the game of private equity is buying low and selling high okay the whole thing is about trying to get an asset that's undervalued building more value in that asset and then selling that asset for a very significant return for investors now that metric if you want to call it that is moic it's multiple of invested capital sometimes it's return on invested capital roic as well but the idea being is that you know you buy a business for a lower multiple and then you sell it for a higher multiple and i like to call that multiple arbitrage now everything in that everything in that can be applied to any business Okay, so there's there's two ways to think about today's episode. One is, what are some of the things that I can be thinking about tactically, strategically in my business that private equity does extremely well? And what sort of mindset can I adopt from these guys that I can start to think about my business maybe in a different way? And a different way for me means that, you know, you build something that's more valuable, obviously, but also means that you get to where you wanna to get to more quickly, Okay, and the way I like to contextualize this is if you think about the best in the world at anything, right? Think about in basketball, everyone knows I love the NBA. You know, the best players play in the NBA. If you're into English soccer or football, you know, they play in the Premier League or the Champions League, that that sort of thing. You're playing for some of the best teams in the world, and of course. If you're great at growing and scaling a business, but you're not world class at selling a business, when you get into this this interesting situation of dealing with private equity, it's the whole uh, you know going into a um, a gunfight with a knife. You're not armed with the right tools, resources, experience to be successful and. You know, what I what I desperately want people to realize here, and certainly what I do, is that I want people to really understand how they can play at that level and succeed, okay? So, you know, I often say, and we used to say this actually in my private equity days, uh, are you gonna be the prey or are you gonna be the prize? Okay, what do I mean by that? If you have a business that is built poorly, it might be financially strong, like it might be hitting some good numbers, but it's not built very well, it has poor foundations, In my world, we're going to buy that business from you at a low multiple, okay? So you're the prey, as far as I'm concerned. We're going to get something that has a lot of great things about it, but we're going to optimize those things. We're going to build more value in them, and we're going to make a lot more money from the foundations of what you created than you, okay? Now, if, on the other hand, you are the prize, the prize means that you've built something that is so good that you have the private equity firms literally fighting over each other to get your business. Okay, in that situation, you get you know bidding wars, uh, different offers that are bigger because everyone's competing for the business because it's so great, and you become the prize. You become the thing that everyone wants. And what I'm going to go through now is well, let's 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 think about that. Okay, let's think about it. if we know how private equity are going to play the game, and we know that in advance. What of those disciplines can you apply to your business now, which is going to give you the benefit of a better business now, but it's going to give you an asset that is very transferable. And when you get to that point, you, know, when, you when you want to realize that asset, you want to kind of sell your business for that life-changing money, you're in a position to know how to play the game the way private equity does. Okay, so that's what I'm going to cover today, a bit of a a long intro, but I definitely wanted you to understand where I'm coming from, because there are some crucial points here that we need to kind of unpack. So let's start with the practicalities. Let's talk about uh, what I call the tactics and the strategies, the things that private equity do extremely well. And we'll start at the very beginning, because one of the areas that is very much optimized in PE is analysis and market understanding and looking at a business and a market through the lens of its full potential, okay? So we're looking at trying to create value, not just with the business, but we're trying to create value in the market. So we're trying to create something that's gonna dominate in its market, okay? So in order to do that, private equity will literally go deep on all sorts of data. So customer data, competition, uh, macro trends, environment, social, political, Uh, all those sort of things, even down to the detail of how money is made within the business and the market that you operate in, okay? That real deep dive, I mean, I'm extreme deep dive. No, No business owners that I know really do that until they understand how important it is, okay? And most people will kind of do a superficial understanding of what's going on. They might know their competitors are over here. They might know that their market's performing in a certain way, but they're really insular. Right. Whereas the private equity firms are not; they're outward looking first before they come in. Okay, and that's a really important point because you can only develop something to its full potential when you understand all of the dynamics around it. Okay. Now, what happens then, though? Once, once we understand that, and sometimes it's you know uh, again contextualized into things like TAMS, total addressable markets, and all that sort of stuff. We focus down. We develop the roadmap. And one thing I think that people get confused about is they think that private equity is doing things in a very complex, sophisticated way. And, you know, you couldn't be further from the truth. See, private equity likes to simplify things. They like to get things down to a few core initiatives that drive significant results, okay, and will get a business or an asset they've invested in from, you know, the starting point to the finish line very quick, you know, in what I call a compressed time frame. How do they do that? Well, well, firstly, the secret is they don't do too much. You know, a few core initiatives might be three to five things which have been identified by that initial research which are going to drive the value, okay? Think of it like that. And instead of going wide on any one of those things, they'll go super, super deep. So they know that by focusing, right? I've, I've said previously on this show, focus is a superpower. They know that by focusing, that you are going to get a better result than trying to go wide. And when I consult with companies, one of the first things I do is challenge their level of focus because I'm looking at it going, there's this new idea here. There's this new idea there. We're going to stop doing this. If you keep doing that, you're going to end up in this situation where you have a business that just keeps going on and on. It might be growing a little bit, but it's never really scaling right properly, quickly. Okay. And a lot of it comes down to the choices, the decisions that are made. Now, once that plan is very, very clear, everything is about acceleration, okay? So it's about, well, it's about two things, really. It's about value expansion and value acceleration, okay? So it's about the rigor of execution. Now, I've used examples previously on the show about when I was at Getty Images, about in Getty Images, sorry, where everyone there was employed with this bias towards operational delivery. And that's that's a characteristic that I see in private equity generally. So the way to think about this is you can have the best strategy in the world, but if you don't execute that with absolute focus and precision, it doesn't matter. In fact, it's actually better to have a strategy which is not fully formed or maybe not the best strategy, but well executed, okay? And that is going to make the biggest difference. So think of your strategy now and think about how much time you put into it versus the focus, the intention that you put around execution, because private equity absolutely pride themselves on that ability to deliver what is said, what is expected, but again, with, with really high quality results and with pace. Okay, the next area that, that you can learn, the next discipline that private equity adopts is all around talent. Now, this is two things. This is about getting the right people in the right seats, but it's also about having the right incentives for those people. It's trying to create the mindset where certainly senior employees are acting like owners, and they also have very, very good, decisive, efficient boards around them. So what's going on there? There's a number of things in that, right? Well, firstly, it's about having the right people. That's quite straightforward, but that's not just at leadership level. It's across and through the organization. It's a concept called talent to value. And I'm in my book that's coming out very soon, my book is launching in a, a few months' time. It's called Exit for Millions. I'm going to talk about that in the book. And it's about the idea, really, of having people across and through in key positions all the way through the business that are driving the strategy and implementing the plan. The second thing I said is about incentives, okay? So you need to incentivize people. Is that stock options? Is that, you know, uh, bonuses that are meaningful, anything that really incentivizes performance. And certainly for the key employees, as I said, the leadership, there has to be some form of of equity, some form of ownership, because it changes the way people think when they feel they have a stake in the game. Now, a lot of business owners I work with struggle with the idea about giving away equity. They feel they have to own everything, right? In private equity, yes, we want to have the majority control on the businesses that we acquire, but we are quite... um, generous to some extent with what we do with equity below that because we will always have a pool an allocation of equity that is there to, to get these employees the senior employees feeling like they're partners in the whole in the whole strategy in the whole game okay the next thing um, and actually sorry let me go back a bit I, I, I touched on boards why are boards important well Again, in private equity, we we don't have the CEO of any business create the strategy. They are involved in building the strategy, but they have other people around them. So think of it as more of a collaborative effort. And in all the businesses that I've been at that have exited successfully, there's always been a strong board that has owned the development of the strategy. And then the delegation of the implementation of that strategy has been to the CEO, you know, the leadership team of that company. So again, if you're a business owner and you haven't got even just a great advisor around you, it could even start as a business coach, but building, you know, your first board, having a non-exec director supporting you, someone who's been there and done that as a mentor is one of the most important things. Okay. Absolutely. Certainly if you're, you know, into your seven figures of revenue, eight figures of revenue, seven figures of profit, whatever it is, you've got to have that. It is really, really important. Okay. The next one is about leverage. And one of the things that I think private equity does well is they operate well from scarce resources, okay? So they manage capital aggressively, right? Really, really aggressively. They're very disciplined around capital expenditure. They work the balance sheet very, very hard in businesses. They're looking for efficiency. You know, when when a private equity firm um, looks to grow and scale a company to exit, a lot of the time... They're trying to move capital around so they can put it behind the things that are driving value. Sometimes that's organic growth. Sometimes that's better marketing, more efficient marketing. Quite often, it's buying other businesses and bolting them together to increase you know, the value and the multiple of, the, of that group that they're creating. But they are masters of leverage. And again, if I look at businesses that are going through startup to scale up, as much as there's an understanding you know, a, a somewhat basic understanding of if I spend this, I get this result and that drives, you know, revenue and profit. It's not the same level of rigor. Again, that word, right? Rigor in terms of how you can leverage that. So they, they really do get the most out of whatever limited resources they have and they make sure that those resources work as hard as possible. So back to my point around the plan, the blueprint, they're not doing heaps of things. It's a simple strategy, well-executed using leverage, you know, to fully make the most out of the resources that they have. Now, once something works, the PE guys will then go hard at it. You know, it's like putting fuel on the fire. But in the beginning, it's not about being, you know, lazy with things or being a bit loose with how decisions are made. Everything is very, very tight and very, very disciplined. And I, I say this because, you know, this is not to say that, you know, you can't have fun right? It can't be a creative environment. But if you really want to win, adding these kind of layers to it is the thing that really works. And again, private equity, right? The, the best, They're the best in the world at this. You know, day in, day out, they are building companies and selling them and, you know, creating millionaires and billionaires. So, you know, why not learn from the best? Okay, final point on what I call more the tactical things, which bridges us into mindset is this, what I call results orientation, Creating processes, systems that spur on performance improvements again and again and again. You could call this the one percenters, you know, looking for incremental gains. Okay. So, you know, we're not looking for the, the, you know, use an American term here, the Hail Mary pass, right, in American football. They're not looking for that. They're looking for incremental repeatable wins, okay, that drive results and then optimizing those things. And the reason I say it's about results orientation, that is both a practice, but it is also a mindset, okay? It's a way of thinking that kind of drives anything else. And that level of thinking is something that is applied across all levels of the organization. It gets applied at the strategic level, but it gets applied through implementation. And what you find is that it permeates the culture across an organization too, right? So people realize that the expectation is to have this, this results orientated mindset and that we're here to drive a result. We're here to drive performance. Okay. So that's, I think there was about six things there that I covered, you know, disciplines that can be applied to any business. There was nothing rocket science there. It's really, you know, some of those things are getting done by you. I'm sure it's just how well are they getting done? How well are they getting executed? So what I'm going to do to finish this episode today is talk a little bit more about the mindset and you know we touched on the things that private equity does but what actually happens okay particularly when you're going to sell a company and I've used the analogy before that I akin private equity a little bit to like what it must be like to be in the military not not that I have that experience but I've had a lot of people on the podcast that have I've had this conversation I've also spoken to other friends who've been in that And it's the level of training, rigor and discipline around execution and getting a result that I think is the similarity. So if you want to compete with private equity, it could be a private equity-backed business that's a competitor to yours, or again, as I said, it could be you wanting to sell to private equity. How do you win? Well, one thing I'm gonna give you, and I shouldn't give you this, I'll get killed by all my PE, my ex-PE colleagues, is what what I'll again say is emotional attachment. Okay, or understanding the emotional frame. What do I mean? So, private equity knows that when they're going to acquire your company and they give you an LOI and letter of intent and they lock you in for a period of exclusivity 60, 90 days that as soon as you see that paper and it's got a price on it and it's got a little bit about the terms of the deal you know you're going to go off and look for the bigger house you know maybe maybe look to buy the ferrari you know you're starting to get emotionally attached to the outcome particularly if on that bit of paper it has a sum that is changing your life and potentially changing your family's life and it could even go into generations now i use that again i say i when i was the pe guy i use that as leverage right i want to get you there okay i want you to feel more emotionally attached to the outcome than than I do, right? And I'm trained to to be detached, but you're not. And what I'm really doing there is I'm building up momentum so that I can potentially buy your business at a lower price, even than what's on that letter of intent. Okay. Now, all of this stuff sounds pretty bad, but really it's just deal making. Okay. And if you can understand that through the process, then you know you're gonna win. You know, you're going to come out on top or you're certainly going to be able to compete on the same level. So the point here around mindset, other than everything else I've said about discipline, rigor, quality, focus, you know, analysis, those sort of things. It's really about emotions, managing your emotions. Okay. And understanding that as you play this game, it is just a game. Okay. It has got lots of, you know, things riding on it. The stakes are high, but it is simply a game. And, you know, to my my point at the beginning about being the prize or the prey, right? The difference, the big difference, other than how you build the business, is how you approach your own personal mindset, your own emotional state, so that when you compete at this level, you believe that you can win. I'm going to finish there today. I hope this was an interesting one. There's lots in it. Please listen again, take notes, apply. But as I said, there are so many things in the big leagues, you know, the best in the world, the the, the private equity firms that do this, that there's so many of these things that you can learn and apply to your business. I thought, you know what, I want to do an episode, which is absolutely going to unpack that so that you can literally go away now and start to execute. As I always say, be grateful, be brave, have faith and show up. Bye for now. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Scale Up with Nick Bradley. if you want more information about anything you heard in today's show, or to find out how you can get more help in scaling up your business and your life, click the link in the show notes now to learn about our coaching, mentoring, and mastermind programs. See you soon.